listening to WMNF Tampa. Take a moment and have a look at your car. Does it spark joy for you? Does it even spark at all? When you're ready to say thank you and goodbye to your old ride, WMNF will be ready for you. Tidy up with a free pickup today. Go to WMNFcar.org for more. Hi, I'm Sean, and I hope you tune into my interview show called Tuesday Cafe every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 WMNF. I interview environmentalists, politicians, social justice activists, academics, and other experts about topics that impact you right here in the Tampa Bay area. I focus on issues that are important locally and across the whole state of Florida. The show is called Tuesday Cafe with Sean Canan. It's every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa, and on WMNF.org. Here comes the sun. Hello, and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. I am the host today. Kenny is whitewater rafting. That guy, he gets to do so many fun things. I just love it. And we get to hear about it when he comes back. Irene is taking your calls today, and Mr. Bill Grace is working our boards. And today, uh, we have someone on. Well, I want to talk about a few things, actually. Uh, we, you know, it's so, 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 so hot outside uh, these days that uh, gardening has just been a real difficult thing uh, for me. And I was just, I would love to hear uh, it, it, during the show even a little bit uh, about what you guys are doing uh, with your how you're managing that. Uh, is it super, super early in the morning? It's super late at night? Are you doing night gardening and, and that sort of stuff? Because uh, it's it's getting, I think it's just getting hotter, you know, and it's just uh, getting harder and harder. So anyway, uh, back to uh, Eloisa. Uh, Eloisa uh, Lewis is a uh, BIPAC uh, climate scientist from Arizona and expert in disaster resilience. And I just didn't know if y'all know, but BIPAC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Uh, so that's wonderful you're representing uh, that arena. Um, so Elosha, she has so much about her, that, but I want to read a little bit about her first. Uh, and she originally, this really struck me the most, well, not the most, but strongly. Um, she's the child of an illegal Mexican immigrant. And then she spent the past decade or so living in urban centers, farms, homesteads, artist residences, echo villages, communes, schools, tiny houses, squats, and tents, conducting research and helping build permaculture societies. She also, she has uh, degree certifications from Harvard and St. Andrews. So she has a real passion uh, for the environment. She's uh, also, she's a non-binary uh, working uh, and an expert in disaster resilience. Her work is endorsed by top tier universities and research institutions, especially those that serve the public in terms of free food, clean water, and decreasing air pollution. Social equity and social permaculture are also fundamental to Lewis's protocol as a climate scientist who is actively participating along the front lines of water and land defense. And she's the CEO of a climate change think tank called New Climate Culture. 
She works on the side with uh, 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 of international remediation experts across all bioregions and microclimates. And with their help, she increases biodiversity while sequestering carbon in regenerative and renewable resources farms that have high yields at low cost using all organic best practices, including low energy consumption, low maintenance methods, which if, you know, when it's being done, it's done so well and it shows us that how many people can do this. Thank you for coming on the program, Alicia. Uh, welcome. Hello? Hi, can you... Oh. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, sorry about that. Um, hi, everyone, and thank you, Annie, so much for that. I love hearing about what I do. It just makes me remember, oh, my God, I'm pinch me. Like, I, I get to wake up and, and do this work every day. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, the last time we spoke, you were on your way to the Natural Disasters Expo in Miami by Fordham International, and I would like to know you know, what was that like? How did that go? You were speaker and, uh, you know, all, all the things about that, because I wanted to follow through with that first off. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thanks again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that was so much fun to come to my, to Miami and to come to Florida. Um, I've only passed through Florida on like layovers before. So right. I have to admit, like I'd never gotten out and hit the beach and experience the the beautiful people and culture there. And I actually have my CRO of my company lives in Miami. He's pretty amazing. His name is Joshua Messenger. I want to shout him out because he's just like, honestly, I don't think my business would have really thrived or succeeded this year without introducing him to the company. So I, I want to give him his due kudos for that. What's and his last name? I didn't. His last name is Messner. Messner. Joshua Messner, uh -huh. like add him and me on LinkedIn, you know, we're yeah. just such busy people, but <laughs> we're, we're always like that. But I, I'm serious. Like this person, he came into my company. He's there in Miami. Anyway, um, just he, he is someone who cares about, um, who loves it. When you love what you do, you're not working is again, my best advice. So getting matched up with people who love what they do is really all I want. And that speaks to Miami because that's exactly what got to happen there at that natural disasters expo event was just walking around and chatting with people. I, I've never done an event like that before. So I was a little bit nervous. Um, and to step into a space that was really corporate and government and, um, like really, really expensive. Um, I saw there was just so much openness and hopefulness and like powerful, inspiring people and um, really good energy being exchanged and a lot of receptiveness. I met like diplomats and um, people who sit on the, the board of the UN for different projects and different um, hopes and visions that, that we're trying to bring into reality. So I would say that for me, I, I definitely didn't have any expectations going there and walking away from it now, um, a few months later, I think that it was the right thing. It was a great opportunity. And I look forward to just working with more people in the disaster space. It really actually kind of lit a fire under me that um, there's incredibly smart people that I respect out there doing incredible environmental science. Like uh, another shout out would be this company called Heat. It's H period E period A period T period. And they are so special because um, they know how to turn basically any 
landfill into a mineral mine so that we can recycle all of our elemental um, minerals and our um, just elemental structures of what you know the earth is made of and when you heat it heat things up really hot in a safe way which is the type the special technology they've developed we can just we can solve all our problems is what i'm saying like from going to this um expo i really got to connect those kind of final dots and questions for me in my mind about like what where are those like solutions that we need to make sure that there's not a single problem for humans moving forward with um, basically living in a circular regenerative yeah. economy instead of a, uh, a finite resource economy where we're, we're dependent on finite resources. And that is why um, things come to an end. That is why ecosystems come to an end because our resources are finite. They're not renewable. So we just continue to take without giving back. Yes. And it's yeah, a, it's very, amazing, yeah. you know, because what you when you were there, you were able to meet all those people that elevates everything, in my opinion. It just elevates the energy to, you know, to everyone. And so it makes you encouraged to even do more because it can beat you down a little bit when you, you know, it's uh, not easy sometimes. But, oh it, you know, yeah. you know, but but it is then you're getting the, all these people that you now are seeing that are capable of doing this and showing it that can be done on a large scale to where that if everybody connected those dots, then we wouldn't be in trouble. Honestly, yeah, that's exactly how I feel and how I see it. And I just want to offer that to the public because I think that's the thing that the only real way to address the anxiety of the climate the heat of the climate, the poison of the climate and of the environment is to, you know, tackle it and be like, mm -hmm. okay, then that's my problem. Mm -hmm. That's my problem. And I'm going to heal and I'm going to heal with this problem. And that's what love is for me. You know, I think that it's the healing together and the recognition that, okay, whatever's outside of me is also inside of me. And, and that's how we're going to find our unique path to healing um, with the earth is just by listening to our hearts, our, our stomachs, mm -hmm. our heads, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it, I think it's about, uh, and I, I feel that you probably do too. It's, there is a solution to every problem, but we have to look for the solution instead of staying in the problem, thinking it's going to go away. Unfortunately. Yes. Like it's really, it's, it's kind of sad like that where, there's only so much that can happen from stillness and from discipline. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, we need to break up habits. We need to shake up routine. We need to experience spontaneity. We need to think outside of our um, limits because there really aren't limits. And that's the truth. And I think that a lot of things we exist in are just constructs that we got given to us instead of... Um, like divine inspiration that I guess things come different ways. Like things can come to us and they can expire. So it's not that like the things that came weren't blessed. It's that sometimes they become expired and we have to refresh and that's blessed. And that is beautiful. And yeah, like I'm Miami and the disasters expo 
Uh, thank you, Florida, honestly, for that, because <laughs> I needed, I was praying for it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was praying for that experience for at least a couple of years. I had it in my mind that I wanted to be at an event like that. So I just was holding in there waiting for it. And it definitely just didn't disappoint. And I'm moving forward with all my clients and my prospects and, and loving this summer now, just feeling uh, like people are actually listening right yeah. and there are open. good there are good in people i mean there oh my you gosh. know there is that so listen what do you think that uh, with that in mind what do you think that we could do immediately and policy changes that could be done locally or globally i just read in the paper to uh, yesterday paper that tampa just has a climate action and equity plan we have a brand new guy that was appointed uh with reamer uh, to a position that had never been formed before. And mm. so they're starting that here. I don't, you know, it's, it's sort of a, is a brand new thing. But what yes. do you think that um, other places, you know, we can do locally or globally to uh, change this? Oh, for sure. Um, so that brings to mind kind of two categories. There's many categories people fall into, but just for the sake of oversimplification, I'm going to just break it down into two for a second. So there's people who want to be told what to do to help the climate, and that's going to be working more toward in the municipal, governmental, corporate side of things, which is completely fine and healthy. It's just about knowing if you need someone to help you, then go find that help, go find that corporation, that leader, that government official, that politician who knows what they're doing and support them. And then there's going to be other people that are going to be inspired and think completely outside the box. They don't want to do this with money. They don't want to do this with paperwork. They just want to go outside and plant trees and plant and help the bees and, uh, you know, take trash out of the water without, without any trouble um, and without worrying too much about you know, there's there's the rule of, of the land and then there's the rule of man and, and there's a difference. And all I can say is that we need to make room for everyone. So that's really what I think this next year is going to be really focused on is just making sure that people who are across borders are going to reach across those borders, build bridges of friendship shake hands with one another, share their resources. And as far as policy goes and things like that, in a dream world, in my dream world, it's gonna be like, you know, four, four hour a day work weeks would be better so that people can hurry up and slow down into the recognition of having a relationship with nature. So that's a different thing besides you can love nature and you can love nature from a distance, but we have to have an actual relationship with nature in order to heal nature. So like I said, at the beginning of the conversation, kind of like diving into that, okay, this is my problem, like where I intersect with the environment and how I intersect with the environment around me, that's my problem to deal with. So I'm going to find the answers mm -hmm. so that I can live a life where I have a real relationship with nature, not a virtual relationship with nature, but a relationship where, um, especially for, for myself and, and my fellow researcher, Jonah Ivey, who manages the water, when we're thinking about the water, air, food, and soil systems, which is all we think about at my company, we're thinking about uh, free water and free food because that's what, if you only grow food and you only uh, you know clean water when people pay you to do it, um, that's dangerous for our economy. 
So we have to be, we have to get paid. First of all, people like me have to get paid to go out and clean for sure. But anyone who can have more time in their day to not even just get paid, but to just go do it from love, right? Mm -hmm. Cause like, I feel like love is a measure of some degree of sacrifice. So like, there's so many ways everyone's got to have their own path. I've done both. That's for me. That's how I took it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a time in my life when I do all my environmental action for free. And there's going to be a time in my life when I do all my environmental or most of my environmental action um, for money so that I can try and see what system is going to work better for truly restoring the planet. And I found that both systems can work as long as we're honest in both. Cause you're going to find good and you're going to find corruption actually in every part of the world and in every community. And that's a different question. The question yeah. is, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you a part of that? And you know, it, what you were talking, you were saying, it sounded like if you did all of one thing and all of the other thing, then it would be imbalanced. And so, yeah. you know, that's, I think, something maybe to do with how we approach everything is that we try to balance uh, our life, um, you know, with uh, everything. Because I know that I, I do tend to associate with people that have the like-minded that I have uh, because we it's easier, you know what I mean? But when I put myself in positions of um, uh, talking with people that aren't, uh, sometimes it, uh, it changes people's way of thinking or it, it shows us new things that we hadn't thought about. You know, it, it sort of uh, breaks it up. So if... We're thinking about that way. What do you think that people need to do to change their lifestyles to adapt to the changing climate and the economy? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that we should definitely, um, the, a few major things come to mind, like, okay, restructure waste management, get on low energy, high efficiency uh, systems, decentralize off of the, the grid as much as possible, replace electrical energy um, that's made from most, most electricity is generated by just horrific, like, I don't even know. But what we can do, we can have electricity and we can have uh, gas if we actually use compost to make it. And it's called biogas. And mm -hmm. there's other, there's also uh, algae, um bioreactors that i'm thinking of regenitech llc um and so there's other companies and there's other innovators out there who again we have the solutions it's just like uh you know we just need the ears of the people in power that have the resources that are looking for the solutions because i'm sure that people who have resources and that have power like don't want to just waste it like sure. i don't i don't believe that I, I believe that they have it for a reason and that the reason is so that they can help um, with this next you know, industrial revolution and transition us um, like, a, like a softly rising sun into the next age for us where we um, see how much abundance this planet has to provide for us without uh, unnecessary competition and greed and shame and hatred and all those things that we use to fight over, to, as excuses to fight over resources. Yeah, um, and then that also plays into fighting over money. I mean, it, it all turns into uh, profitability for the people that, like you're saying, has the greed factor of it. Uh, you know, if we are looking at this as a whole, that we all are in this together, then it 
seems like that that would be less of a primary focus, you know. And again, like you were saying earlier about how we have to really retrain our thinking, our ways of thinking, uh, of interacting, because this is the way that we maybe were brought up to think. And so to undo that rut in our brain takes a lot of effort to create a new normal. You're right. And I think prayer helps. And I think getting inspired helps, like you said, breaking your routine. And that reminds me like something that's been on my mind so much because I moved. So I, I studied urban permaculture and I lived in San Francisco two years. Now I'm coming on my third year living in Montreal, um, Canada. And I have to say, like, if cities don't change faster, like everyone's going to have to like move out of the city. It's just bad like that. I don't know what else to tell people. Like the cities are just behind even these advanced cities. Um, I put that, I put that with some skepticism. There's definitely advanced projects in cities and advanced people in cities, but I don't know if they're really getting the attention they deserve. And um, I just want to call that out into the into the universe because I think that it's unfair and it's it's incorrect. And uh, I just want to see the right people succeed because um, I know that they have they have what it takes to make this work. And um, I'm excited about that. So I just want to say, yeah, like it's either get it together in the cities and get it moving in these cities, get it wetter, greener, and cleaner and meaner. <laughs> or get, leave the city and go to off the grid with your babies and your and your husband, you know, or your or your lover or whatever. Or your by dog. yourself. I mean, that's yeah, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. By yourself, because honestly, <laughs> like taking care of ourselves is the universe, like we said. So I and I did that. I was off. Oh, my God. I was alone so long. Being a hermit can protect you when you know what you've got is worth protecting. So yeah. definitely advise people to go and take care of themselves first. The rest, the friends, the the peace, the birds, the 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 fruit, everything else will come after you really say, no, this is what I need. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Yeah, yeah, and it's easier to do when there's not a lot of the competition of the city input. Uh, you yes, know. And the money. Oh, my God, cities are also just a drain of money, energy, and a lot. They, cities are definitely drains. That's why. That's why I live in them now. Is because I'm like, why is this black? Why does this black hole exist where it just sucks up all the resources from all the other parts of the planet? And people are so happy to be a part of it. And why could that be? And what is going on there? And I definitely do think it's a combination of you know, it's beautiful to be around other people and exchange the multicultural information. But it's another thing to, you know, just like lose the essence of that culture because the cultures are coming together to meet, but then they're also depleting the source of the culture at the same time, yeah. which is the disturbing element. And um, But also we can turn things around. Like I said, just if we take ourselves and the people who are swearing, you know, that they know what's going on, take those people seriously, listen to them, give them a chance at least, at the very least, give them an ear, stay open heart, open minded, um, because it's the closing off from the possibility of things working out well. That's really, I feel like that's underrated how important that is. And I think I'm I'm so glad there's a lot of other people that I'm starting to see in the climate uh, arena that are, Stepping up into the space of like, um, we cannot panic here. We need to check our own pulse before you know we get started. Let's make sure our heartbeat is steady, and then 
let's try and help from there. And, and, and if the pulse isn't steady, then we got to help ourselves first for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think we can handle this and I'm just excited to, like I said, to just keep moving forward. Like I love talking with the press. I've had amazing press coverage this last year and I plan to continue full speed ahead, um, in a sane way. So that's the thing about me is that I feel, I don't, I'm sure there's busier people there's people doing more, um, with their lives every day. But for me, like I'm going through a cellular detox i'm going through a dna cellular detox and fixing myself right so that everything is happening in the right moment for myself and when i'm doing that i know that that's what's happening for the world Mm -hmm. because when i'm out of that and when i'm worried about oh because i get um I get really stressed out when so many people are coming to me for help because I want to help all of them. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I'm there and I've got, you know, a crowd of people around me sometimes. And sometimes I've got the energy for that crowd and I can really speak to it. Other days, oh my goodness, I do not. And I can hardly, you know, feed myself and I can hardly get out of bed some days because I'm giving and giving and giving. Right. Um, So I think that I'm just really grateful for everyone else who's reflecting back the same information and light and care that I am into the community because that's what helps me sleep at night is like knowing, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's not only you. You know, that's the thing. I think that's what we start to do is that, you know, when people uh, find uh, whoever the person is you speaking about you uh, that has this information, everybody kind of gloms on to you for that, which does sap your energy, which divert, you know, disperses it not in a strong way because it's 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 too many little bits and pieces of it you know what i mean and yes. it's something about like just stopping and being present and listening to what is being shown rather than pushing you know directing it out is like you were saying is like listening to what is being told to you inside because that is a real thing uh, i mean it is i i used to call it intuition and whatever that is of the universe that when you know, like you pass by, like my bowl of keys, just for instance, I pass by my bowl of keys and, it, and something tells me pick up that key and I'm going, I don't need that key. But then if I don't pick it up later on, I'll need that key. Whatever it is that is telling me uh, if I'm not blocking it from, you know, the information that's coming to me, it's always valuable every single time, every single time. And the only way, you know, you can look behind you and, and prove it. You know, because those times that you did those things that you were getting information about, it worked every single time. And I love your confidence and your conviction. I feel that too. Yes. And thank you for sharing that. Yes. Well, it sounded like that's what was happening. You know, that the, when when somebody's pulling at you all the time, there is time for downtime. There is time to regenerate and uh, to be regenerative for your own self. Then, uh, then there's more for others in specifics, not you know in the broad general sense either. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's just a, a lifelong cycle that yes. I've been in that I'm always refreshing and remembering back to that like. I love everyone and I want to give everything and and then also, okay, boundaries and limits to that because I'm like this beautiful mortal child and so are we all. And I think that that is so important and um, so 
beautiful about what's going on, so precious about what's going on, is that when we see how precious life is, we're gentler with ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're gentler with each other. And um, yeah, like that, that gentleness I've always valued, but I've known that that's where the cycle can get out of hand with the limits where I'm like, okay, I'm gentle with everyone and I'm trying to be nurturing with people, but (laughs) only in so far as the respect is mutual because That's true. Um, and so sometimes it takes time and yeah. and this is the this is the dance because you definitely um or i you know can see that when i set stronger boundaries i think other people are able to do it too it's a learning lesson like i was not someone who's the reason why i struggle with boundaries is because i didn't see them growing up i didn't see good strong boundaries oh that wasn't so, how you were brought up you so nobody oh, had no. them. yeah yeah no 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 i know i had a household that had very little sense of boundaries mm-hmm. and that is why when i bring boundaries into the world with as my own um, I get, I feel really excited because I know, oh my gosh, like, and this is what's feeding me now. And this is why I'm thinking about this bridge this summer, because we can't build bridges without boundaries. Mm-hmm. So getting the boundaries established happens before we build the bridges of connection across these borders and stuff like that. Um, or it can happen chaotically and you figure out along the way. But me, I've, I've already been in this cycle so long that I saw, okay, I saw what needed to happen, you know, ever since 2020, I, I was understanding what, what was needing to go on and basically just making sure that, yeah, like we are, really tapped into our sense of mutual aid and mutual respect because Mm. if it's not mutual it's gonna break and that's nobody's fault that's truth there's a difference between humans blaming each other and humans recognizing oh we were both doing something that doesn't work exactly it's it's expired like what you were saying earlier that thing has expired so let's look in another direction Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let yeah. me reintroduce ourselves. Uh, so uh, you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show coming to you from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. Today, we're talking with Eloisha uh, Lewis, uh, a BIPOC climate scientist from Arizona and expert in disaster resilience. If you want to be part of this conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at WMNF.org and we will read it on the air. So I wanted to ask you also uh, about the farms that you're helping to start up and support. And um, there was a lot of them. It was like hemp, mushroom, kelp, coral, algae, and local wild native varieties um, uh, with diverse uh, uh, indigenous species. And so what farms are you helping to start up and support? Um, really? How, how does that work? Sure. It just depends on the client. My most recent partnership is with CBG Gurus in Connecticut, and they're a hemp farm. But really what this comes off the basis of is that all my partner researchers, not all of them, but the majority of the most critical functioning members of the team are all farmers or Mm -hmm. herbalists, wild foragers, people who know how to propagate life are my closest friends and allies. So anyone who knows how to propagate life, who truly has a green thumb, like that type of person is what I've, in that community is what I've built my business around. So 
being in that space, I also then have refined down to who is the most efficient at doing the propagation um, and what their methods are so that they can be shared with others. So what my company does is that we help established farms or startup farms. Um, and certainly most of our work right now is just in education because these these farmers are pioneers. It's not like everyone's doing what they're doing. So yeah. I'm really at the edge of the science, like collecting the the brightest stars and bringing that light back into the agricultural mainstream. But so many other people are too. It's just amazing. I just think it's really about partnership again. Like who's looking for me? I'm looking for them. Everyone's looking for everyone. And we're going to propagate the heck out of this planet and and restore that biodiversity but if what it looks like if you work with me so for someone who might be interested in being a client um so you book a call with me we have i'm going to find out about what's your budget do you own a company already do you own land already where are you in the world where, where do you want to make resources flourish in the world or where do you want to repair an ecosystem that's been damaged by oil spill or whatever, what have you. I think that the, again, the answers are all available. Um, so from that, we're going to see if it's possible, um, from the resources that I've gathered. Um, and then we're going to start you on like a project plan where either, um, you have me as a consultant with your own team, or I can consult and build a team for you. So those are the two, again, kind of oversimplified, but you can either, you can bring me in and I'll work with you and your whole team that you already have, that you want to, your whole community that you have there. Um, or if you're just a solopreneur and you don't have a team, I'll come in and I'll help you build one. And that might be even, um, where there's some of the more interesting growth and um, miracles happening and stuff like that. I think that working with established big teams is fine. I can definitely do that and it's going to be really helpful and useful. I think that um, it's really sometimes about pioneers as well, though. So I don't want to exclude people if they feel like, oh, you know, I don't have I don't have $10 million and I don't have uh, like um, you know, a, a, a company with over a hundred people in it. That's fine. Like I understand completely. And I worked with, yeah, one person for, for free all the way up to, um, working with universities again. So I'm thinking about teams because I'm thinking about, um, delegation. I'm thinking about, okay, who am I talking to and how many people do they delegate to? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to talk to everyone, but like I said, so, It'll just start with a conversation and then from there we'll decide, okay, what's the best resource to grow or series of resources in your region based off of the climate so that we can cool down the region. So when we decide what we plant, it's because we're going to plant, there's literally a wrong choice and a right choice when it comes to plants. Like I could plant all the wrong things and destroy the world around you by planting the wrong plants. Or I could plant all the right things and make the world beautiful and clean mm -hmm. air and water. So that's what I find that is the most fascinating about life itself is that it's the combinations. You want to put certain plants together. You want to make them friends with each other so that they're sharing in a way that doesn't like we talked about balance, like just like our social systems, plants have social systems too. Mushrooms have social systems. Animals have social systems. You can't put 
uh, two beta fish males in the same tank, one's going to die. Like there's certain rules nature is going to play by. Mm-hmm. And if you keep trying to break those rules, yeah, yeah you're going to end up with just one fish in the tank. There's not going to be two and you're going to, and that's a lonely, that's a lonely fish. Yeah. So that's interesting yeah. because, you know, uh, I was thinking when you were talking about plants like that, uh, I mean, you know, there is, there's companion plants and there are plants that are completely against each other, that if you plant them next to each other, it will not work. And that was also, you were bringing up some things that made me start to think about uh, how people are rewilding. And so that's helping so much with the, the climate in the rewilding of uh, not trying to control it so much, but just letting it be back to nature or encouraging it by maybe replanting some that would have already been there. It's more of a native situation. So that's helping a lot. Do you think? Uh, Yeah, that's a super good idea. And that's a good point. Like rewilding is definitely about getting back into um, understanding, listening to the soil, the water, and the plants. And the reason why indigenous plants are powerful is because the soil has been developed for actually thousands of years, if not millennia. Right. So when we think about, oh, human industrial civilization and trying to work with the the soil that we are making right now and the, the way we farm now, it's just it doesn't take any account into thousands and thousands of years of a microbiome. So you think about your own gut and your own digestive system has its own microbiome. So does the soil. So when we're friendly, this is the really cool microbiology that I'm so like in love with. And my favorite. That, yeah. Like, cause I'm so, I'm so into probiotics and bacteria and stuff. I love to put them in my body. So I, I was like, wait, we got we we can think about this in terms of soil like soil is just like my gut so when i'm drinking my kombucha and my yogurt what am i going to do to the soil that's going to create kombucha and yogurt for the soil because we want the soil to digest and create and continue we want it to be alive so that's what's going to make the plants alive is when the soil is alive yeah. and making the soils alive has to depend on not only indigenous species, but largely indigenous species, uh, native, because they've been adapted for thousands of years. It's nothing personal to anybody. It's just thousands of years of, you know, evolution. And, and and spirit and, and God-given truth on uh, in the planet. And it knows, the soil knows what it wants. We got to listen to it. Yeah. Just like when the body tells us what it wants, we got to listen to it. And the funny thing is too, is that, you know, the native plants uh, don't need uh, the soils to be rich. <laughs> they don't want the soils to be rich. They won't even grow in that uh, in that system. They need it to be what the, the soil is naturally here. And as well as then those particular native uh, plants then feed uh, the insects, the native insects, that which pollinates, that then feeds the smaller animals, which then feeds the larger animals. I mean, it's a perfect circle if we just, you know, nurture. Oh, I love that you brought that up too. Like that you say that, um, they don't even need it to be easy. These, these plants are so hardy and they're so resilient and they're so well adapted to what's going on that they're like, yeah, you know what, put us out there and let's see who lives, you know, and (laughs) really will. And and that's it. And and they're brave like that. They're, they're, they're incredibly, I'm talking about plants. Like, like I talk about anyone, I think that life is life with a capital L and 
they're these these species are beautiful brave strong and my leaders like when i think about what i want to be like and when i think about like a role model or an example we should teach kids like what about the plants like okay so i grew up when i grew up in school when i was 13 they had us go to a festival about heroes and it it was basically three people police firemen and nurses and i can tell you i think that's too limited i think mm -hmm. that that's where's okay, the farmer right yeah where is the farmer where is the dancer where's the musician yeah. where is the chef you know mm -hmm. like where where is that person and, and and where are they reflected and maybe maybe we can find that type of energy well certainly in the wilderness itself that's that's the the great temple that we can listen to the symphony of again life with that capital l what's really going on for everyone is what's going on for us more than instead of asking oh what's going on for me that must be what's going on for everyone i think it's the other way around oh what's going on for everyone that's what's going on for me for sure so i think that um just being more inclusive like that can help um thinking about heroes and role models because we got to keep our eye on a star when we're moving that's for sure um, oh yeah it keeps us grounded Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do you think a social equity and social permaculture means to you? What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. That's what a lot. No, it's good. It's really good. It, I, I sigh because I think about how difficult it can be to trust. Mm -hmm. That's why I sigh. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what these relationships depend on. That's what social equity and social permaculture and economics depend on is trust and consent. So like I'll, I'll, I'll break down a, a very simple way to describe why consent is so important. Cause I remember early on in this work, you know, I had so many people come and ask me, they're like, also what does consent have to do with economics? You're really like, you're just focused on the wrong things. You're not really here to write problems. And you know, what it has to do with is because let's say someone comes and they're trying to sell you a vehicle and they lie about every single thing about that vehicle. So you're thinking you're making a decision about buying this, purchasing this vehicle. You're trying to make, you know, just a, a rational, simple, basics, not, you know, not selfish, not harming anyone, just neutral decision, just based off of some facts and people cover up these facts. And th that's a way of violating your consent actually is to be like, oh, because um, coming from the idea of scarcity, and it's not, I'm not saying, mm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to blame anyone, because I'm, I think everyone's told a lie in their life. That's not, that's not what it's about. It's about stopping it. <laughs> it's about, it's about saying, okay, well, if I really want to be in a society where people can trust each other, um, who's the first person? I'm oh, gonna yeah, trust then you have to be trustworthy. And be trustworthy. Yeah. And be trustworthy. Yeah. That's it. So, be sustainable. Do sustainable things. That's what's sustainable yeah. is being, yeah, being trustworthy is sustainable. It yeah. is actually sustainable. And I would say, you know, this makes me kind of almost cry because my oh. the child in me, the child in me gets happy when I think about how at 30 years old now, I'm able to look back in my life and say, wow, telling the truth is as important as drinking water. It's that important. And and it's going to feel that good every time I do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I mean, if you, 
if you think, well, you know, I'm much older than you, um, over twice your age. So, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, when when we're little and we would not want to be caught with doing something, right? We would manufacture some story to, to make that go away. And then the hardest part about that is that you have to remember the story. And if you just tell the truth, there's not something that you have to remember. It's not a story you have to remember because it's the truth. It's what it You're is. So it's what point. happened. You're you know? so on point. That's what we need to tell children. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah, I'm always no, amazed when I hear somebody uh, doing, getting in a lie and working it so hard. And it's, you know, it's a lot of defense mechanisms, too. I mean, there's a lot of defense because people are afraid and they feel, it, they feel attacked, even though it's not an attack, but they, they feel that way. And, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's something about being secure with yourself. You know? Yeah, being secure with yourself and forgive yourself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I've been embarrassed a ton of times. And literally, I, like I said, I grew up in a house with no boundaries, and that included being able to lie. So I I grew up in a very terrifying reality Sorry. for myself. And so for that, moving forward, like, you have to forgive yourself oh, for, yeah. the, for the thievery, for and, the lies. And the, the people that did. were uh, doing that to you as well. There has to be that forgiveness or it doesn't go away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Inshallah, that is true. Like, we really do have to do that. And we, well, for me, like, I find forgiveness and peace when I surrender that this is much bigger than me. This is something going on that is much bigger than me, much more out of my control. And I encourage everyone to do that is to give it, give it up to the powers that be when it's the most difficult at the most difficult times when it feels like a breaking point with our own ability to self forgive. We just have to say, okay, here's my truth. Here's my truth to to whatever, say it to the mirror, say it to the tree, say it to the sky say it though and yeah. or or be it because you know it's just it's gonna vibrate out your your body it does you using your words so yeah. just 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 let it go let it flow and it ain't about shame shame no. is not the game shame no it's not everything. valuable the only value no. it is is that if you can learn from a mistake that was made and then you can help others when they're in the middle of their mistake Oh yeah, we can. I can empathize with shame. Like when I see someone who's in shame it's and so pain mm-hmm. and hurt, yeah, I can be like, oh my gosh, like I love them. Like I, I, I know they need love. That's mm-hmm. what they need. Like mm-hmm. it, instead of thinking anything else, like that they're less than me, different than me, or poor, or or guilty, or or pitiful. I just think, oh, oh, I love you. Don't don't even worry. Don't even worry. That's what you need. You know, uh, we are talking about a lot of things that didn't start out that way, uh, which is really interesting how conversations go because I always feel like they are all the things that are meant to have been said, you know, if we just let it, let it. So, but, you know, we are talking about what you do, and that is your your climate, new climate culture. Uh, If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? No problem. So you can go to our website, newclimateculture.com. You can book a call through our website. You can also go to my email, which is E-L-O-I-S-A at newclimateculture.com. Um, I'll say it one more time. So my name is my my name is Eloisa E-L-O-I-S-A at newclimateculture.com. And um just drop us a line. Like I'll I can help as much as I can help is what I can say. Like I'm doing my best. We're definitely 
not over busy, not under busy, just working every day on whoever mm-hmm. to us in the moment. I encourage you to do it. Um, and you'll be in, if you're not first in line, you'll be in line Yeah, and, and we're going to get to you. Right. And, and we just need to know who you are is all, well, yeah. that's all we need to know. And then we'll, we'll, we'll make the rest happen in our timeline as fast as possible. Yeah. And the, and the reaching out is the, is sometimes the hardest part, but that's the, uh, um, it works so well when you do that, then you can connect to the people that think along the same lines and, and are very helpful to you. I'm so glad that you were on the show. Eloisa. Thank you so much, Annie. I'm, I'm also very grateful to be here. You're a very sweet and kind person. So, um, y'all, um, if you want to, we have just a couple more minutes to call in. Uh, and that that is at uh, 813-239-9663 or an email at dj at wmnf.org. So... We didn't have much uh, conversation with other people, but I thoroughly enjoyed the one with you. Yes, me too. No, it was perfect. I, I think that I'm just glad to to reconnect with you and yes. and and talk and and share this. And I, like I said, I'm a fan of Florida. I'm a fan of Miami now. Like y'all convinced me. Like there's there's some great things, not just good things, great things going on there. And by the way, I'm gonna say again, this company H E A T. Um, yeah. If you want to learn more about them, if you're interested in waste management, please hit me up. They are from Florida. The company owners are from Florida. So oh. rep your own state because, yeah, like these people of, of just absolute genius. And what what when like I want to see them be like the next Bezos and, and, and uh, uh, Zuckerberg yeah. and whoever else. I want to see them, these people with the landfill technology, they need to be getting the billions yeah. of dollars. Their product is expensive. It's about a $200 million product, but that's people got that money out there. And that's much more important than space travel exploration, for example. And honestly, the technology is just as complicated. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get into it and, yeah. and let's support let's support everybody. Let's support them. Shout out, shout out to Florida for that. Thanks again, Annie. Thank you. I'm gonna definitely look them up. It sounds very interesting. I'm all about uh, not putting things in the in our waste and keeping filling up the planet. Let's just make it into something we can use. Yeah. So thanks again. I appreciate you. Peace worldwide. Yes, Bye-bye. definitely. So y'all, um, I wanted to again thank Irene for taking the calls, but we didn't have any. <laughs> and Dr. Bill Grace for working the boards because I couldn't do it without him. And if you enjoyed this show and uh, or our uh, weekly content, please go to WMNF.org and donate through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. That's going to be S-U-L. Um, I don't believe that we did make our goal. I'm not sure uh, how far we got to it, but we could always use it and uh, just to know that you support us. So stay tuned, and in the next hour, you will hear WMNF Community Speaks with Mabili. And make sure and tune in next Monday morning at 11 
for the next Sustainable Living show. And we'll be talking uh, with Luis Rodriguez, a small farms agent, and Andrea Nicolai, a family and consumer sciences agent. And they're both from the Polk County Extension. In fact, Andrea is all about the Mediterranean diet. And she's sending me uh, some recipes of which I'm going to cook because I'm a big cook. And then we're going to talk about what those were and because I'm probably going to alter them uh, because they're not exactly the way I would do it. So we're going to talk about all that uh, next week. So uh, please come on. And you can also follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living WMNF, to stay in the loop. Also listen to our past shows. Just go to Listen on Demand on WMNF.org. You have to go to Broadcast, the Schedules, and then you find our page. And then when you scroll down to that, you can listen to any of the shows because it's a talk show. They have to be recorded into infinity. So that's it, I guess. Um, Y'all, I want you to go ahead and remember to read the – go back to the uh, Tampa Bay Times for the Sunday edition – and there was a fantastic article in there on, um, let's see, on the D in the business pages. And it is about uh, Tampa has a climate action and equity plan. And so this is really uh, very supportive of uh, Whit Rimmer, who is getting this together. And I completely support that they are at least trying to do something uh, for our local, uh, you know, big city, because I don't know about you guys, but I live in the South Tampa area, and it's getting just so filled with people. We are getting so many people a day that move here, and unless we do something about making it sustainable, it's not going to be, and especially with us being right by the water with this, the climate changing that is happening, uh, we are being affected. So, you know, do what you can. Remember to uh, use your recycling facility that we have available to us here uh, and always look to how to do that because I know that myself, I was uh, doing it incorrectly. I was putting things in and I've been doing it for 40 years. So uh, make sure that you go online and look for the the uh, local recycling rules for your area because each area is different and, and use that so we can reduce our waste. Uh, reducing our waste is just not buying the plastic. But if you are buying it, which I hope you'll learn a way to not do that, Uh, then you can recycle it. So y'all stay healthy out there. Do the best you can with what you have and uh, try to love each other and the the environment uh, because this is all we have. And so it's up to us. Thank you for being here. But if you, uh, I'm Annie Ellis. And remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. 
this is Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals, now airing at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. The time slot is new, but Talking Animals is in its 19th year and remains a show about animals and animal issues, chiefly revolving around a long-form interview with an important figure in the animal world. Guests have ranged from Jane Goodall to Emily Lou Harris to Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The program also features music, comedy, news, and a quick quiz, Name That Animal Tune. That's Talking Animals every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WMNF. Here comes the sun.